This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Only trust in Him. Father, we worship your name. Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship with you. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus as we go into your word, you speak to us through your word. You teach us, you open our eyes to see beyond the ordinary. You open the eyes of our understanding. In the name of Jesus, we declare light. We declare understanding upon the hearts of everyone. We declare we see visions of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for answer prayers. In Jesus' name we are praying. So, today I want to talk to us about something I call the royal priesthood. Today I want to talk to us about the royal priesthood. So, the title of today's message is the royal priesthood. Now, I want you to know that God has made us kings and priests unto himself. And that's why I titled this message the royal priesthood. So, God has made us kings and priests. So, royal priesthood means that we are kingly in nature. And also we belong to a priestly fraternity. So God has made us kings and priests unto himself. Now, I titled this message Royal Priesthood, meaning that we are royal and we also belong to a priesthood called the priesthood of Melchizedek. So God has made us kings and priests unto himself. And this has a significance in the scheme of things. The fact that we are not just kings unto God, we are also priests unto God. Now, Exodus chapter 28. Exodus, the book of Exodus, chapter 28, verse 1. Now, I want you to know that in the Bible, all through the Bible, there were many kings and priests in the Bible. But you see, for the people of God, that is the children of Israel in the Old Testament, God particularly chose kings and priests for them. And so the first priest that God chose for the children of Israel was Aaron. That was the first priest that God chose amongst men. That was the first priest that God chose amongst his people, the children of Israel. Now, Almost all nations on earth at that time had their priests and their kings. But Israel were the people of God. And so God particularly chose kings and priests for them. And so the first priest that God chose amongst men for the children of Israel, for the nation of Israel, was Aaron. Now we see that in Exodus chapter 28 verse 1. Exodus chapter 28 verse 1. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 28 verse 1, God was speaking to Moses. And he said unto Moses, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother, and his sons with him from amongst the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliza, and Itamar, Aaron's sons. So the Bible says here that God spoke to Moses, and God said to Moses, Take Aaron your brother and his sons with him from amongst the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron. Nadab and Abihu, Eliza and Itamar, Aaron's son. So God told Moses to take Aaron and make him the priest over the children of Israel. And so God chose Aaron as the first priest amongst men to minister unto him in the office of the priest. And so the role of the priest was to offer spiritual sacrifices unto God. So God chose Aaron and his sons to offer spiritual sacrifices unto him on behalf of the children of Israel. And so Aaron was the first priest that God chose amongst men. Now, for the king, the first king that God chose for the children of Israel was King Saul. And we see that in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. The first thing that happens in 1 Samuel chapter 8 was that the children of Israel began to ask for a king. Now, prior to this time, 
God himself was the king of Israel. They had no physical king. God himself was their king. But in 1 Samuel chapter 8 from verse 4, one of the things we realize is that the elders of Israel gathered together and they said to Samuel the prophet that they wanted an earthly king. They wanted a human king like every other nation of the earth. And you see, God had already been their king prior to that time. But they requested that. They requested for a king. They wanted an earthly king. And so we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 8 from verse 4. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 4, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So they had no king prior to this time. Now I showed us in Exodus 28 when God chose Aaron as a priest. And I told you that the role of the priest is to offer spiritual sacrifices on behalf of the people. And so the first priest God chose amongst men to minister unto him on behalf of his people Israel was Aaron the priest. Now, the first king that God ever chose for the children of Israel was King Saul. But prior to that time, God himself was their king. And so I'm showing us in 1 Samuel chapter 8 from verse 4, how the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and said unto him that they wanted a king. We see that in 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 5, the Bible says, And they said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and your sons walk not in your ways. Now, make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So, the elders of Israel came to meet Samuel and said to him that he should make them a king, so that they can be like all the nations of the earth. Verse 6, But they did displease Samuel, when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Verse 7, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Acting unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. And so I was telling us that God was the king of Israel all the while prior to this time. God himself was their king. But you see, at the time when they came to meet Samuel and complained and requested to have an earthly king, God said to Samuel in verse 7 of 1 Samuel chapter 8 that he should act unto their voice, that they have not rejected him, Samuel, but that they have rejected him that he should not reign over them. So all the while, God himself was the king of Israel as a nation. But at the time, they requested for an earthly king and he displeased Samuel. But God said to Samuel, acting unto their voice. Now, if we go further to 1 Samuel chapter 8 from verse 19 to 22. From verse 19, now before verse 19, God told Samuel the things that were happening to them. God told Samuel to tell them the kind of king that they will have. How their king will take all their daddies, take their wives, and how he will rule over them. And they said they didn't mind. So, if we go down to verse 19, the Bible says, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. So, Samuel tried convincing them. He tried to talk to them. He tried to let them see why they did not need an earthly king. But the Bible says in verse 19 of 1 Samuel chapter 18, that never, of 1 Samuel chapter 8, that nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. Verse 20, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the hearings of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. Now, if you read 1 Samuel chapter 9 and 1 Samuel chapter 10, you will see how Samuel anointed Saul as king over Israel. And so, the first priest that God, that God chose amongst men for the people of God was Aaron the priest. 
and we saw that in Exodus chapter 28, verse 1. Now, the first king that God chose amongst men to rule over the people of God was Saul the king. And I showed you in 1 Samuel chapter 8 how that God was their king prior to that time. But the elders of Israel came to meet Samuel and they requested for a king. And God told Samuel to listen to them. And in chapter 9, you will see how God led Samuel to anoint Saul as the king of Israel. Now, today I'm talking to us about royal priesthood. And I was letting us know that how that God has made us kings and priests unto himself. So we are a royal priesthood as believers in Christ. But I need to show us this background information, how that God chose kings for the children of Israel, and God chose priests, and God chose Aaron and his sons as priests. And so every priest that they had as a nation, of, as the nation of Israel, all of them came from the lineage of Aaron. They were of the tribe of, Levi, of Levi. So they were Levitical priests. Or their priesthood was after the order of Aaron. They were Levitical priesthood. And so for the children of Israel, they had priests and kings. And God chose these kings for them. And these priests came from the tribe of Levi. And they were all from the lineage of Aaron. Now, prior to this time, there was a man that appeared unto Abraham, the grandfather of Jacob, before the nation of Israel ever existed. And this man that appeared unto Abraham, the Bible called him Melchizedek. He was not just a king, he was a king and priest. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. We're going to read verse 18 to 20. And so, I've shown us in Exodus chapter 20 how that the first man God chose as a priest over the children of Israel was Aaron and his sons. And so, every other priest that came to be came from that lineage, from the tribe of Levi. Now, the first king that God chose for the children of Israel, I showed us in 1 Samuel chapter 8, how they came to meet Samuel and they said they wanted a king over them. And in 1 Samuel chapter 9, Samuel actually anointed Saul as the first earthly king of Israel. But prior to that time, God himself was the king of Israel. Now, before all this happened, before the nation of Israel ever existed, because the nation of Israel came out from Jacob. Jacob was the one that was named Israel. And so the grandfather of Jacob, who is Abraham, the first man that had a genuine relationship with God, the father of faith, Abraham, he had someone appear to him, and the Bible called this person Melchizedek. Now, let's look at what the Bible says about Melchizedek. Genesis chapter 14, from verse 18 to 20. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and, and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 14, verse 8, 18, that there was a man called Melchizedek. The Bible calls him king of Salem, meaning king of peace. He says, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. So this guy called Melchizedek was the king of peace. But he was not just a king. He was also the priest of the Most High God. And so this was a revelation to Abraham. Someone appeared to Abraham from nowhere. He was called Melchizedek. Now, at this time, the nation of Israel had not even existed. But God had begun a relationship. This covenant of God started with Abraham. And so this man, Abraham, had someone appeared to him called Melchizedek. And the Bible calls this guy the king of Salem, meaning king of peace. And the Bible says he brought forth bread and wine. And the Bible also says about him that he was the priest of the Most High God. So someone appeared to Abraham, who was not just a king, but was a king and a priest. So the Bible calls him king of Salem, king of peace. And he was also the priest of the Most High God. He doesn't stop there. He says, and he blessed him. In other words, this guy called Melchizedek blessed Abraham and said, Bless be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20. And blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered thy enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So, Melchizedek appears to Abraham from nowhere. 
this guy called Melchizedek was not known. He just appeared to Abraham as a man. And the Bible refers to him as king of Salem and the priest of the Most High God. So this guy called Melchizedek was not just a king, he was also a priest. So he was a king and priest. And that's what we call royal priesthood. He was not just a king, he was a king and a priest. So the Bible calls him the king of Salem, king of peace. And the Bible also says he was the priest of the Most High God. And the Bible says in verse 19 of Genesis chapter 14 that he blessed Abraham and called Abraham Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of the heaven and the earth. And the Bible says that after he blessed Abraham, Abraham gave him tithes of all. Now, Hebrews chapter 7, the book of Hebrews chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to read from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to read from verse 1. So, I was telling us that God has made us kings and priests unto himself. But I needed to show us from the Old Testament, how God chose priests and kings for the children of Israel, the people of God. Because at that time, there were many nations on earth, but Israel were the people of God. And so, the first priest God chose was Aaron. And Aaron and his sons, and every other priest that came, that became a priest in Israel, came from the lineage of Aaron. Now, the first king God, God chose as an earthly king was Saul. But Saul appeared to Abraham, the grandfather of Jacob, the grandfather of Israel. And this time was called Melchizedek. And the Bible says about him that he was a king and a priest. He was the king of Salem, king of peace. And he was also the priest of the Most High God. And the Bible lets us know that Abraham gave him a tithe of all after he blessed Abraham. Now, Hebrews chapter 7. Now, Hebrews chapter 7 explains to us for that who Melchizedek is and how God used him for Abraham and how it relates to us as believers in Christ today. Now, look at this. Hebrews chapter 7 from verse 1. The Bible says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the king and blessed him. So, the Bible talks about this name Melchizedek, that he is the king of Salem priest of the Most High God, and that he met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed Abraham. Verse 2, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that also, king of Salem, which is king of peace. So the Bible says about this guy called Melchizedek, that after he blessed Abraham, and Abraham gave him a tenth part of all, in other words, Abraham gave him tithes. The Bible says about this king of, this Melchizedek, that is first by interpretation, king of righteousness. And he's also the king of Salem, king of peace. And I remember telling us how that the Bible also refers to Jesus as the prince of peace. And so definitely Melchizedek is verily God. But he's verily God that appears to Abraham as a man. He appears also in the same way Jesus appeared as the son of God. He came as divine, but he put on the human body. And so the Bible says that this guy is the king of righteousness. And he's also the king of peace. So the Bible calls him Melchizedek, king of righteousness, king of peace. Now verse 3. Of Hebrews chapter 7. The Bible says, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abided a peace continually. Now look at this, talking about this guy called Melchizedek, this king of righteousness, this king of peace, who is also the priest of the Most High God. The Bible says in verse 3 that he's without father and without mother. In other words, nobody gave birth to him. He appeared to Abraham as a man, but the Bible says he's without father and without mother. Without descent, in other words, you cannot trace his lineage. He's without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. So this guy called Melchizedek, the Bible says he doesn't have beginning of days. No wonder the Bible calls him the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Because the Bible says about Melchizedek that he doesn't have beginning of days. In other words, you cannot trace his history. You cannot say that he was created on this particular day or he was given birth on this particular day. The Bible says he's without father, without mother, without descent. 
having neither beginning of days nor end of life. So, it does not have beginning of days. You cannot go back to his history. You cannot find his history anywhere. He does not have beginning of days. And the Bible also says he does not have end of life. In other words, this guy is eternal. He's Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. So the Bible says he does not have beginning of days, nor end of life. But the Bible says he was made like unto the Son of God. In other words, when he appeared to Abraham, he appeared in the same manner in which Jesus appeared. He appeared as God appearing in the form of a man. So the Bible says he was made like unto the Son of God. And he abides a priest continually. So the Bible says about this Melchizedek, that he's the king of righteousness. He's the king of peace. He does not have beginning of death. He does not have end of life. He does not have father, no mother, without descent. You cannot trace his history. He has no lineage. But the Bible says he was made like unto the Son of God. And he abides a priest continually. Now verse 4. He says, Now consider how great this man was. Unto whom even the perfect Abraham gave the tent of the spouse. Verse 5. And verily, Death are of the sons of Levi, talking about the priests after the order of Aaron, who received the office of priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them, received tithes from Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. Now, pause. Look at this. Verse 5 says that, verily, death that are of the sons of Levi, talking about the human priests that God chose, that were of the lineage of Aaron. He said they received tithes of the children of Israel, of the children of Abraham, because of course the children of Israel were like great-grandchildren. They were great-grandchildren of Abraham. So he says that these guys that were human priests of the lineage of Aaron, of the tribe of Levi, they received tithes of the people according to the law. And they came out from the laws of Abraham. But verse 6 says, but he whose descent is not counted from them. You know, that was talking about Melchizedek. He says, he whose descent is not counted from them, received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. Verse 7, he says, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. He's just trying to tell us the greatness of this man called Melchizedek. He goes further in verse 8. He says, and here men that die receive tithes. In other words, the priests that were after the order of Aaron, the Levitical priests, he says they, they died. They received tithes. He says, here men that die receive tithes. So the priests, the human priests were men that died and they received tithes. But he says, but yeah, he received them of whom it is witness that he lived. In other words, you know, the Bible says in verse 3 of Hebrews 7 that this guy asked, he does not have beginning of days nor end of life. So the writer of Hebrews is emphasizing here in verse 8 how that the, the priests that were chosen after the order of Aaron, that were human priests, they died. But he says that this guy called Melchizedek, he says, but yeah, there he received them of whom it is witness that he lived. In other words, this guy called Melchizedek lives forever. He does not have an end of life. Now, he goes further in verse 9. He says, And as I may so say, Levi also who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. In other words, he's saying that even though the priests after the order of Aaron, that were of the tribe of Levi, he says that even though they received tithes of the children of Israel, that while they were in the loins of their great-grandfather Abraham, they also paid tithes to this guy called Melchizedek. So the Bible says in verse 9 that, and as I may so say, Levi also who received tithes paid tithes in Abraham. So even though they too were made human priests and they were receiving tithes from the children of Israel, while they were yet in the lungs of their great grandfather Abraham, they too paid tithes to Melchizedek. Just emphasizing the greatness of this man called Melchizedek. Verse 10, he says, For he was yet in the lungs of his father when Melchizedek met him. In other words, he's saying that Levi 
and all the priests after the order of Aaron that were of the tribe of Levi, they were yet in the loins of Abraham when Melchizedek met Abraham. When Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. Now it goes further in verse 11. It says, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek? So it says in verse 11 here that if the priesthood of Levitical, or the Levitical priesthood, that's the priesthood after the order of Aaron, it says if it was perfect, there would have been no need for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek. What is he saying here? The Bible refers to Jesus Christ as an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So after Aaron and his lineage, someone arose that was also another high priest. Now, this one came to make a sacrifice for us once and for all. Because for the high priest, their role was to make spiritual sacrifices unto God. So they gave offerings like peace offerings, wave offerings, burnt offerings, sin offerings, on behalf of the children of Israel. And these were daily offerings, monthly offerings, yearly offerings. But there arose another priest called Jesus Christ. This one, the Bible calls him an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. In other words, Jesus Christ was not made an high priest after the order of Aaron. He was not a normal human high priest. No, he was an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus too was a king and priest, just like Melchizedek. So the Bible says here that if the priesthood of Aaron was perfect, there would have been no need for another high priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron. Verse 12, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Verse 13. For he of whom these things are spoken pertained to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance to the altar. Now he's saying here that the person of whom these things were spoken belongs to another tribe because Jesus came out of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was not of the tribe of Levi. And so he was made a priest after the order of Melchizedek, even though God never said anything about the tribe of Judah being priests. But he's saying here that this man we are talking about that came after the order of Aaron. He was a priest from another tribe. Verse 14 says, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest. So he's saying here in verse 15 that it is evident that after the similitude, after the pattern of Melchizedek, there arises another priest. Verse 16, who is made not after the law of a canon commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Verse 17, for it testifies. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So there was a testimony of Jesus that Jesus Christ himself was a priest forever. So all the priests that came before Jesus after the order of Aaron, they all died. But there arose another priest called Jesus. He was made an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He was made an high priest who was a king and a priest at the same time. And the Bible says about him that he lived forever. That his own priesthood is after the power of an endless life. So in verse 17, he says, For he testified. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 18. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the Lord made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch as not without an oath it was made peace. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that, that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a shorty of the better testament. So it's letting us know here how Jesus was made an high priest by an oath. And what was the oath? The Lord swore and will not return. If you look at verse 21, the Bible says, For those priests were made without an oath. So all the priests that came after the order of Aaron, all the human priests, he says they were made without an oath. But that Jesus was made a priest with an oath. For the Lord swore and will not return. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 22, he says, 
By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. So Jesus becoming an high priest like Melchizedek made him a surety of a new testament. And so now that's why we can call him the mediator of the new covenant. Because under the old covenant, the priests made yearly sacrifices. They made daily sacrifices, monthly sacrifices. They died. Other priests took over. But there arose another priest that was after the order of this type called Melchizedek, a king and priest unto God. This priest, he lives forever. He made a sacrifice once and for all. And the Bible says in verse 22 that he was made the surety of a better testament. Now, verse 23, he says, and there truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. So there were many priests before Jesus, but they were not allowed to continue by reason of death. Verse 24, but this man, because he continued ever, had an unchangeable priesthood. Verse 25, wherefore is able also to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, till he ever lived to make intercession for them. So the Bible says here that this man called Jesus, because he continues forever. You know, that was because he lives forever, just like Melchizedek. You know, we read earlier where it says that Melchizedek did not have beginning of days nor end of life. And Jesus Christ also is an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So, verse 24 of Hebrews 7 says that this man, because he continues forever. You know, that was because he lives forever. He has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, the Bible says in verse 25 that he's able to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him. See, he ever lived to make intercession for them. That was the role of the priest, to make intercessions by offering spiritual sacrifices. So in the Old Testament, they offered sin offerings. They offered burnt offerings, you know, on behalf of the people of God. But now, the Bible says there's a man that has been made the surety of a better testament. His name is Jesus Christ. He is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, a king and priest unto God. This guy is the surety of the New Testament. And the Bible says that because he lives forever, he's able to save us to the uttermost. Once we come to God by him, since he ever lives to make intercession for us. Verse 26, it says, For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, blameless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Verse 27, Who needed not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once when he offered up himself. Verse 28, for the law maketh men high priest without infirmity. But the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. So the Bible emphasizes in verse 27 how that all the priests that were before Jesus, the human priests, they offer daily sacrifices. And they offer sacrifices for their own sins and for the sins of the people of God. But the Bible says about Jesus that he did this once and for all when he offered himself. Now, if you go back to verse 25, the Bible says, now he's able to save to the uttermost them that come to God by him. Sin, he ever lives to make intercession for us. You know, at this point, I just want us to begin to thank God for the priesthood of Jesus. How that now Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And the Bible says in verse 25 of Hebrews 7 that he's able to save them to the altar with them that come to God by him. See, he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. I just want us to begin to thank God and glorify God because Jesus now is our high priest and it's an That's high priest that lives forever. And high priest so after the order of Melchizedek. And the Bible says now he's able to save us to the altar that come to God by him because we are come to God by him.
is where 